verse 11 says, Beloved. This is the word agapetos, related to the highest form of love. Dearly beloved, I beg you. I uh, invite you. I invoke you. I implore you. I pray you. It's, it's the word parakaleo. Kaleo is to call. Para is to be beside. Like a, a parachurch ministry is a ministry that exists to help the local church. Uh, a parachute is something that a person has on their side, hopefully, that it opens up as they dive out of an airplane or off of a cliff. So to be called alongside, I beg you with me, I, I'm, I'm asking you to do something I'm doing, basically, as sojourners or alien residents and pilgrims or strangers abstain from fleshly lust or Hold yourself away from things that your flesh, that is your carnal nature, the old you, wants to indulge itself upon, which war against the soul. There's things in us, there's desires we have from our pre-born-again nature that are contrary to God's will for us. They will seek to cut us off from communion with brothers and sisters as well as from the Lord. He's begging us as people who are on a journey to abstain from these. Well, this doesn't really apply for me. I'm not a sojourner or a pilgrim. I'm not living in a land full of temptations. Oh, really? Yes, I'm an American, and America's not full of temptations. There's a lot of temptations here. And according to the Scriptures, when we were born again, we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, the kingdom of light. So now, according to biblical revelation, we understand that we are citizens of heaven. We're ambassadors of God's kingdom sent to represent the heavenly kingdom in this earthly realm, wherever we are. So we all are on a mission. We all are foreigners. We're, we're aliens. We're the devil's greatest nightmare. Why won't we get out of here? Well, the Lord has us here for a purpose. So abstain from things that, that war against our soul. Verse 12, having your conduct, that is your behavior, honorable. Can we say honorable? That means virtuous, valuable, good, beautiful, honest. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Now that's more than just non-Jews, but that's heathens, pagans. How we live in front of them is important. That when they speak, and they will, against you, that is when you're slandered, as evildoers, they'll falsely accuse you. They may by your good works, which they observe because they're watching you, glorify God in the day of visitation. The person, the person that is persecuting you and I the most is watching us. Because they want to say, I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> They're watching us. And it is possible through our witness to show them the love of God in such a way that they are convicted for their sins and they become believers. And on Judgment Day, they're going to worship God with us. So witnessing is more than walking someone down a spiritual rabbit trail through the book of Romans or or 
proclaiming a scripture and, and making them repeat a prayer after you. Witnessing is how we live. Obviously, it is sharing the gospel. But how we live, people are watching how we live. They're watching us. And on Judgment Day, it's going to pay off as many of them who probably slandered us will glorify God. Paul was such a person. Talk about slander. He was killing believers. And the Lord had a revelation for him when he was stoning Stephen. Stephen's praying, Lord, do not lay this to their charge. He's praying for their forgiveness, right? Like Jesus, Father, forgive them. They don't know, enough. They don't know what they do. And that was a stepping stone or a seed that ultimately led to Paul's conversion. And so he too now glorifies God on the day of visitation, just as Stephen will. Therefore, because of what I just said, verse 13, submit yourselves to every, can we say all, to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Now, People often misquote a scripture by saying the Bible says obey the laws of the land. There is no verse that says obey the laws of the land. This is the verse. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. For you're doing this, even though you may hate to pay taxes, you may hate to submit to the rules, you may want to drive faster, you do it for the Lord's sake. You're submitting to the Lord. Now, obviously, with the Lord's sake in mind, if, if it becomes illegal to be a Christian, we break the law. There is a place for civil disobedience when man's ordinances run contrary to God's ordinances. And so in this case, uh, Christians were hauled in front of judges and, and attempts were made to force them to worship Caesar, to offer sacrifices to false gods, and believers wouldn't do it. Many times they lost their heads. That was an ordinance of man that they didn't submit to. But for the Lord's sake, if it's not contrary to God's will, it may be silly, it may be dumb, submit to it. Now, I have to say this for all the weed smokers in the house. I've heard all the arguments. I've heard how unjust it is. I hear you. I hear how people are unjustly are jailed, some of them for life, for Something stupid dealing with marijuana. And I hear that the law should be changed. There's ways to do that. But getting yourself in trouble and sitting in the jailhouse doesn't change any laws. It doesn't. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Well, they're going to change the laws. Well, if they do, then that will bring on a whole new world for us to live in and to conquer temptations over but in terms of the lord's sake it's not contrary to god's will not to well he gave us the herbs of the field well did he put a chimney in your head well i'll make brownies well whatever you do keep yourself out of trouble by not rebelling against the ordinances of man that are not necessarily contrary to god's will all right all right that wasn't that i didn't even know i was going to say that it just Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king, that is, uh, a, basilius is the word that's used, basil is a king, um, a sovereign, a foundation of power, as supreme, 
We submit ourselves to our leaders as those who are superior to us or to governors as to those who were sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. Now, we understand we have governors over states, but I think this is also referring to law enforcement. If you'll go with me to Romans 13, another thing I didn't know I was going to do. <laughs> Let's look at the Romans 13 ministers. Here's, here he is um, in Romans 13 talking about governors. Verse 1, let every soul, every person, be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So there is strong scripture basis for being a law-abiding citizen. The exception to this is when that law is contrary to the will of God for your life. Well, God told me to smoke weed. Okay, maybe he's called you into the jail ministry. We know we need witnesses there, right? So when you're there, do more than preach the gospel of weed needs to be legalized. Preach Jesus. You're in there for a reason. All right. Let's move on. For this is the will of God, verse 15, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Put to silence means to muzzle. You want some people to hush? Do good, and it will Well, they need a punch in the mouth. You think that's going to silence them? Temporarily, maybe, till their lip heals. But now they're going to haul you to court, and now they're going to make their accusations and slanderous statements in court. Well, it's just not fair. Well, you know what? The Bible didn't promise us a fair life. God's not fair. He's not. He's just. And his justice isn't instant. It's slow moving. Well, there's police that have gone off the rails and are into illegal activity. I know, and that's the reason for the Department of Internal Affairs to deal with that. They've got police policing them. Well, somebody needs to do something. Well, people are. In the meantime, keep your own nose clean so that you can function as a believer in the land in which you live. Now, if you have a family, what good are you doing your family sitting in the jail for rebelling against some ordinance of man that you don't agree with? All right, leave it alone. All right. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Now, we are free. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. 
So we are free to enjoy life because of God's grace. But don't use that freedom as a reason to be evil. I'm going to punch you in the nose because I'm saved by grace. Well, don't do that. Well, God will forgive me. Yes, he will. But you're ruining your witness. Somebody's not going to be rejoicing on the day of visitation. And how are you going to feel standing there before God knowing you squandered the opportunities he gave you to be a witness in the earth? Our problems are not eternal problems. They're, they're all temporal. So in this temporal world, live in light of the eternal will world. Well, I believe in heaven we'll get all the weed we want. You won't need weed in heaven. Man, I've got to leave that alone. All right. Verse 17. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. There's the word agapeo again. Fear God, that's the word phobeo, which means to revere or to be in awe of. Strong word related to the word phobia. Honor, can we say honor? Honor the king. So honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us in the next few minutes from your word in such a way that our lives are changed and our thinking is lined up with your will. In Jesus' name, amen. We are called to honor. Can we say that? We are called to honor and be honorable. Can we say honorable? The word honor means high respect or great esteem. So we are to respect all people highly and respect the king highly. Well, he's not respectable. Well, that's not the word. The word says respect the king, whether he's respectable or not. We're called to do our part, right? Honor the king. And to be honorable is to bring honor. So honorable people are people who are able to bring honor or people who are worthy of honor. So it is possible to honor the dishonorable. People that don't honor you, you're still able to honor them. Years ago, Yvette and I walked through a season, a few years, where some very close relatives of ours were very dishonoring. And in prayer, the Lord gave us a plan on how to honor the dishonoring relative. And basically, I think it was five or six things he told us to do. Uh, one was to pray for them. Another was not to speak ill of them. Another was to remember special days. However, he led us to remember that with a card or a phone call or whatever. The other was to try to go see them at least once a year, knock on that door, try. And... Uh, the fifth one was when disagreeing, be firm but kind. Even if they call you names, don't join in with them. And we committed ourselves to that and saw some great, great things. So my heart today is that we would learn to be people who honor and are honorable. Biblical honor is a theme through the scriptures. It's not a big theme, but it's there. We are told in Proverbs to honor the Lord with our possessions. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That word for honor is a word kabod, which means to make weighty. It's, it's like the word for glory. To make weighty, is to give esteem to someone that you haven't given them esteem.
So, so um, it's kind of like the hippie. When he would see something he was in awe of, he would say, wow, that's heavy. That wasn't just slang. There was, there was a biblical context for this. Glory or honor is something that's, that's weighty. Um, when someone honors you, they give you esteem, they give you weight that maybe you didn't have in their eyes before or maybe you didn't think you had in their esteem. Um, if you honor the Lord with your possessions, if you give to him out of your first fruits, you are weighing him down with blessings. You see that? If someone honors you with a bushel of corn out of their garden, you walk out of there heavier than when you came in. See that? So, honoring is related to giving. Also, the fifth commandment is to honor our parents. Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And then Deuteronomy, which is a review of the previous four books, is a review of that same commandment. Well, that's in the Old Testament. Well, let's move on to the New Testament. Both Jesus Christ and Paul emphasized this command. Paul wrote, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. When we dishonor our parents, it robs us of blessings. It just does. God generally blesses us in three ways. One, through hard work. Uh, actually, four ways. The other, through investment. The other is through miracle. And the reason it's a miracle is it is not the norm. And fourthly, it's through inheritance. Why do you want to disrespect the person that can bless you when they depart? Don't just assume they can't change the will and will it all to the SPCA or something. Honor those who are able to bless you. They're, key, they're God's way of blessing. It's something he instituted in the earth. Jesus referred to this command in the Gospels five times. The law gave a command to honor the elderly. Leviticus 19.32, you shall rise before the gray-headed. It means when he walks in a room, we're supposed to stand. It's a form of honor. Some cultures do it. We don't do it so much. And honor the presence of an old man. That word there for honor is the word hadar, which means to favor or to swell up, to, to, to bless them, to make them smile. They won't always be with us. You're going to miss them. Take advantage of the opportunity to glean from the wisdom of the elderly. The New Testament says to honor real widows. 1 Timothy 5.3 says, honor widows who are really widows. Well, how can a person be an unreal widow? Well, what he's saying, if you'll read the context, he's differentiating between widows and people that ain't got nobody. He's saying a real widow is somebody who doesn't have any children, uh, they don't have any relatives. Everybody around them has died. The church is to help take up the slack in their life to help them survive. But if they have children, if they have extended family, the church is not to be burdened with their menial needs because the family was the first institution before there ever was a church. That way the church has resources to help those who are real 
widows. The word there for widow there is the Greek word tamao, which means to prize or to revere. And here again, the word honor is, in, is tied to giving. Not just giving them hugs, but help them, helping them not go hungry and be homeless. One day, God will honor those pursuing good. So God will honor us. Uh, Romans 2, verse 7, eternal life, given to those who by patient continuance, can we say continuance? means they don't stop. In doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. This word for honor is the word time, which means to value, means value and dignity. There's another verse that says, this honor have all his saints, referring to our blessings. Um, The uh, book of Hebrews says that we are honored as humanity, even though we were made a little lower than the angels. God has honored us to be humans. Aren't you glad you're not a horse? In honor, we are to prefer one another. Can we say prefer? That's to put one another in honor before ourselves. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. So we're to honor each other. We're to prefer each other. We're to esteem one another. We're not to look at one another through the eyes of the past. You know, if someone's offended you, work it out. If you've already worked it out, then give. It's a new day. We're to honor everyone to whom it is due. Who wants a glass of honor due? Romans 13, 7, give to all men what they are due. We read it earlier, taxes to whom taxes, customs to whom customs. Respect to whom respect is due. And honor to whom honor is due. So we're to do this. Now this is, uh, some churches get into making this part of their, their liturgy and it's wonderful, but sometimes it just becomes a ceremony, giving honor to you know, the dog catchers in the house and everybody else, and you can't have church for all the honor going around. I, I don't want to resist that, but I want honor to go beyond the official honoring of someone, where we honor one another greatly. I, I grew up in churches where uh, the adults in the church didn't have first names. Jim wasn't Jim, he was Brother Jones. And Sally wasn't Sally, she was Sister Black. And, well, that's respect, yes. But then, as a kid growing up, I saw people talking bad about each other behind their back. You know, that brother Jones just keeps going from job to job to job. And that sister Black, she is a horrible cook. And they're giving respect, but it's just, it's a hollowness to it, right? So that's why I've always been resistant to that kind of thing. I want respect to be more than a formality here. I want it to be real. Love each other. Get off our high horses and be normal folks that love each other. Our conduct is to always be honorable. We read this earlier. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. They'll be able to honor us because of the way we live. That when they speak against you as evildoers. They may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. 
And we are told to honor all, even the government. Show respect to everyone, verse 17. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Well, we don't have a king here. Yes, but we have government. And God instituted the human race to be governed by government. It goes all the way back to the days of Noah. We're to have governments in the land. And when the wicked rule, the people groan. But when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. But what are we to do no matter who's ruling? We are to honor. I say this in light of election day coming up. Uh, no matter who wins that election, there's going to be people happy and people unhappy. But we all, whether we're happy or unhappy, are supposed to honor. Honor. How do you honor someone? Do you call them names? Do you say things about them you do not know are true? How do you honor them? May the Lord be your guide in how to do that. Now, whether you know it or not, America has changed. In 1782, Congress approved the use of the Bible in our schools, and they were paid for with tax dollars. In 1844, someone sued to have them removed. The Supreme Court ruled then, why not the Bible, and especially the New Testament, to be read and taught as divine revelation in the schools? Where can the purest principles of morality be learned as so clearly, or so perfectly, as from the New Testament. We've come a long way from that ruling, haven't we? But today we all get to stand and preach from the book. We get to read the book. We have freedom. The book that contains divine revelation, we need to read it in our homes. Why be upset that it's not being read in our schools when we ain't reading it in our homes? Hello? All people need God's word as much now as ever before. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So we can sit around all day and whine about how much America has changed and how much it should be and how much injustice is in the land, or we can will to do the will of God, and the word of God tells us, honor the king. Whether you like him or her or not, we're to honor. Why? Because authority represents God, right? So we honor the office. And also, our children are watching us. And you raise kids in a dishonoring home, guess what? You may be on the hot seat one time, and they will dishonor you. And that's pain that is hard to take. This letter was written during the reign of this guy. Yes, he was the emperor. He was the Basilius. He was the king of the empire. You talk about a sorry character. You talk about injustice, burning Christians as torches to light his parties, burning down Rome and blaming Christians. You talk about a dishonorable person. He was very dishonorable. But the word of God written at that time, around 67 A.D., says, honor the king. Why? 
there's something rebellious about always asking why. So I'll make an attempt at it. One is God is teaching us humility. The other is God wants us to be effective witnesses in the world and not to become a political movement where we're distracted from the task of evangelism. Right? Think about it. If, evan- if we evangelize the whole world and more people come to Christ than, that, than don't come to Christ, then that's going to have an impact on our government in the long run, right? This was a sorry character. In 68 AD, he committed suicide. And this guy was approaching Rome with his armies. He was Galba. He was governor. You know, Rome had these governors that oversaw different regions. And he was a governor of Spain. And so he made himself emperor. And almost immediately, in January of 69 AD, the governor of northern Germany, this guy, was going to attack Rome. But about the same time, one of Galba's supporters, Otho, attacked Galba and killed him, making him governor for a short time until Vitellius' armies approached Rome, and the Vitellius became governor. And he had a reputation for eating tons and tons of food. He was a true glutton. All three of these guys had come from the west, the eastern part of the empire were feeling neglected. They weren't happy. So they chose their own general, Vespasian, to be emperor. And in the fall of 69 AD, one of Vespasian's friend fought, fought Vitellius and killed him, making Vespasian emperor. That was all in one year, 69 AD. Google it. The year of four emperors. You talk about a government that's unworthy of respect? Totally unworthy. They couldn't get away from their rule. Back to us being Americans, maybe you don't like our government. Well, if you can get away from it, get away from it. Move. Go be a missionary somewhere else. But keep in mind that place has a government as well that you had best respect. In chapter 3, husbands are told to honor their wives. This is a real key to having unhindered prayers. Likewise, husbands, verse 7, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as to the weaker vessel. That's implying uh, to delicateness and value. Just like a coffee mug contrasted with a china cup. You handle the two dishes differently. So show honor to the woman as to the delicate vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. May honor become a reality in our homes so that our prayers are answered. We are called to honor Let's pray. Lord, I pray for us that your word, everything it says about honor, Lord, where it applies to our condition, Lord, that we would submit ourselves and become people of honor, men and women of wholeness and integrity, 
that, Lord, we not fall prey to the pundits that we like or the ones we dislike, but, Lord, that we not be baited as well, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we're living in a day and time of being baited. Even our own newspaper is baiting us. You read the editorial yesterday. Pretty much, pretty much, indirectly, compared concerns for religious freedom to donning a hood and sheet. That's very disrespectful. And I will talk to the editor when I see him. But I'm not going to go online. I'm not going to call names. I'm not going to retaliate because the word is convicting me to walk in honor and not do the same when I feel dishonored. That makes sense? Let's stand. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord God Almighty cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace in this culture of change and rockiness and uh, angry winds and hurtful words that are floating through the airwaves. May we live by the sword of the Spirit and cut through the junk and walk that straight and narrow path like arrows in Jesus' name. When disagreeing, help us to disagree honorably and always with love. Lord, I thank you for the people in this church that have helped me in the past to do that and are helping me to do that. Help us, Lord, to help one another to be people of honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Go get them, you honoring tigers.